Archiver, Kansas Vets Remember Vietnam, is made possible by a grant from the Kansas Humanities Council. No, can't, and won't are not words in retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Susan Back's vocabulary. From the very beginning of her military career, Bax had a clear picture of who she was, where she was going, and how she was going to get there. Bax mastered every setback and roadblock in Vietnam. I'm Katie Stover, and we continue our Vietnam Archiver series with Nurse Susan Bax. Only once did Susan hear the word no regarding her career choices, and, in retrospect, it's the Air Force's loss and everyone else's gain. But let's hear Susan tell this story with her trademark, matter-of-fact wit, I guarantee you'll hear the sparkle in her eye. Well, I was born in Geneseo, Illinois. It's about 150 miles southwest of Chicago over by the Mississippi River. And I really was planning to be a music teacher at one point in my life. I'm a French horn player. And so I was in school, but the party life really came too quickly. And so I left that program before I got the pink slip, came home and there are no jobs now. Mind you, this is the middle 1960s. So you can be a secretary or a nurse or a teacher for women. So I went to a, a hospital to be an aide. But from there, I decided I'd go be a nurse. So I signed up for a hospital down in St. Louis uh, called Jewish Hospital School of Nursing at that time. It was still a hospital school. And so I did that during the daytime, and on the weekends I worked at Barnes Hospital so that I could make money while I was going to school. So it was an exciting three years. It was a three-year program, and my several friends went Air Force, but I looked at the Army program, and I really did decide to go Army. But I'll tell you the truth. I tried to do the Air Force, uh, come into the Air Force as a nurse, and I didn't pass their beauty board. Beauty board? Can you... What is a beauty board? <laughs> well, you're a short little lady like I am, so you're not tall and willowy, and they liked tall, willowy um, nurses that would do... Not, not very many of them flew, but they looked a model of the flight nurse sort of person. So I said, okay, for you, you don't want me, but the Army does. And the Army Looks wanted me Looks matter back. to oh, the Air did. Force. And this was in the 60s, so, you know, they've changed thousand times since then. But I did uh, get selected for the Army Nurse Corps. But I really did decide to go Army because John Wayne had just come out with the uh, Green Berets. And so, of course, the song was a, a catchy one. We all knew it. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say, the brave men of the Green Beret. I'd seen the movie probably three or four times, probably seen it more than that now. But it was, if the troops were getting hurt, my, my great aunt had been a nurse in the Spanish-American War. I had her little, what they called fairy lights. It's a standing candle with a single little base and then a little fat chimney that they would carry in the tentage and you could see them flickering as you were on the outside so they called them fairy lights. 
So I have that, and I have her pin, and I have a a little tube that's about as long as a cross pen. You unscrew the top, and you kept your thermometer in there. And not everybody, only special nurses and usually doctors, got to take temperatures in those days. So I have those three things. So that was kind of a you know a nice thing to be able to look back on. Susan was ready to deploy to Vietnam, but the army had other ideas. Now they came in and promised that I would go to Vietnam on my first assignment. So when the orders came, it said Fairbanks, Alaska, Fort Bassett Army Hospital. And I went, oh, no, no, no. I think I was an early image of Private Benjamin. I was in the wrong army. (laughs) They just can't do that to me. Well, they sure tried. But when we got down to basic, I met the personnel fellow, And I sat down with him and explained why I hate being cold. That's why I'm leaving Illinois. I don't like the cold. And they're sending me right up there to the (laughs) the coldest place I can think of. So somehow he called Branch and got my orders changed to send me to Vietnam. When you do think back on your time in Vietnam, are there any scents or sounds that come to your memory first? Helicopters coming in. Even today, I will often, especially if I can, I'm not driving, but I'll be watching for the choppers coming in. We still watch MASH over and over and over, and, and you do. You hear the choppers coming in, and it's just a momentary, it's just like the pucker factor. So what's he bringing in this time? Is it anybody I know? got to talking to one of the other gals that had been in Vietnam. She goes, nobody understands this. I said, well, why don't you come over and have a cup of coffee or a beer tonight? And my roommate traveled most of the time, so we had a a lovely garden house. So she came over and brought a friend. I brought Elizabeth. By the time we were done, we probably had 15, 16 folks coming every week just talking through what didn't feel good anymore or what did, how bad. Many of us missed it. I would have gone back. I was on orders to go back, but I married this fellow instead, and he said, please don't go back. So Fort Bragg let me just stay on there. But um, lots of people wanted to go back, and others needed to talk. And so we ended up having a free weekend out at a tennis ranch just north of San Antonio. The, The chapel had had it signed up. They didn't need it. So we got it, and so I know today, you know, that was, they made us talk about things. You know, it's not they made us, but they put you on the spot, and you really do have to fess up whether you're being bothered by it or not. And so there were a lot of deep issues talked about. You know, what you remembered, what you didn't remember, what you would rather have done, what you, uh, 
uh, did do that you were feeling bad about having done it. So it's, it was probably the single best thing that happened. Do you still, do you still have some negative memories or sounds like you're describing PTSD? No, in fact, as my husband keeps telling me I have it and I've been through three psych complete evals and they say I don't either. I don't. I can talk about it and there are things that, that I, that I did that you certainly wouldn't do have done at Jewish Hospital. But I worked the POW hospital when I first was assigned, and they'd never had a woman nurse over there before. There were two male nurses and four or five medics. And we had all the NVA, so my, my Vietnamese got a little bit better than probably most of my colleagues. But we had one fellow that came in that was a hardened soldier. He was captured with a large amount of cache of weapons and, and papers, and there was clear he had had substantial food. He wasn't emaciated or any looked neglected at all. But he'd lost a leg, and he didn't want to have to keep moving. He wanted to put it all away. But that's not the way it works. You've got to get up and walk. So he was on crutches, and I was encouraging him by just saying, come on, you can do it. And the next thing I know, I had a huge, big old, yuck, nasty loogie right on my face. And out of, out of nowhere came my hand, and it went poom right across his chin. And he looked at me like, oh, my. And I'm sure I told him something about the nurse will not tolerate that. And he was going to walk. And he did walk. And he got better and left. But, you know, I've never hit a patient in my life. I don't hit my kids very often unless they're just really awful. <laughs> but, you know, and I was going, how could I have hit this patient? How could I have hit this patient? So it was probably 25, 30 years before I ever told the story to anybody. Because I figured for sure I'd lose my license, that I wouldn't get to bees, they wouldn't keep me in the army. I had all kinds of strange thoughts about it. bit of a daredevil, someone who really likes it when it's busy and action-packed. Well, I do. <laughs> and uh, that leads me to a, f a question I have about a wonderful photo that you sent in from your time <laughs> in country. I love this picture. You're sitting in the back of a truck and, and, and you're smiling so beautifully and your uniform looks perfectly pressed and you've got this big thing. Rifle, <laughs> and and you're smiling out at the camera. What is that rifle for? And what was happening in that photo? Well, we did lots of care for the civilian uh, Vietnamese, and they were medic. They were called medcaps, medical treatment for civilians. And we would go out, and it would be like clean up a, a boil or pull up like a sore tooth, things that you could fix kind of immediately that wouldn't take a long time of treatment. So we, uh, dental was real big, and then open wounds, we'd clean up and that sort of thing. But when you went out, we tried to listen very carefully to what the conditions were going to be when we were out there. 
But you never knew, never knew whether you were going to get shot at or not. And I'd been a, a shooter for a long time, and my feeling was if they were going to shoot at me, I wanted something to shoot back with. And a rifle, you have to be able to sight in and picture somebody there. But an M79 grenade launcher, you just squeeze this little trigger off, and it goes poof, and it makes a big hole in things. So that's what I carried when I went out to the board. <laughs> my, my colleagues were not usually that much in favor of it, but I said, they won't issue me a 45, and you've got to be so close to somebody for a 45. That M79 was just wonderful. Tell, talk a little bit about the MedCap missions. We've had other, other interviewees talk about them as well. Well, they were the fun part. You know, you got, sometimes you got to go back to the same places. Sometimes you went to the orphanages. I didn't happen to luck out with any orphanages that were close to us. So we had a couple of little towns that we went back out. And they would, they would fix your dinner. And, you, of course, you never knew what you were going to eat. <laughs> you just said thank you and come, come on, come on is thank you. And so you would just come on and eat whatever they put out there in the big pot because you never knew if it was monkey or dog or whatever it was. You just ate it. ago, not 17, but 16, my little hometown, and it's a 6,500 maybe, had a welcome home Vietnam vets. It had a whole parade with us in it. The bands marched. Huge semis came in with big, gorgeous paint jobs on their side. There was a t-shirt for all of us. And after all those years, for them to decide to do that, it was just splendid. What do you think about Vietnam now? And, and not the war, but the country or the people. Oh, it's marvelous. It's just absolutely stupendous. I've been back twice. I was lucky enough to go back in 2010 with a group called Vietnam Battlefield Tours. And they will take you where you want to go. And we got, to, they, they GPSed where my, uh, my hooch was. So they took it back down through the clouds. So we took the bus out to the area where the... 24th of Act was, the water tower is left. And where my hooch was, the street that runs in front of it, it was called Hershey Street. <laughs> it just seemed like such a, you're going, oh, come on, this can't be. But then they, uh, but we started up north and came down through Hanoi and, and all the northern. And they're very heavy Russian, big block, big gray, um, big buildings kind of thing. Um, the farther south, we came, the more like French influence, lots of flowers, good restaurants. But then the, se the second time we went back to Vietnam, we brought um, six women and our little group of them. We brought uh, a daughter and a friend, so we ended up with four army nurses and then two extras, and two husbands brought their wives along. And it was just a grand time. We didn't do all the, the military things this time. We went up to Vung Tau, which is out on the ocean, and I had been there once, 
while I was in service. But it's, you know, the beaches are white, the food is exquisite, so we had a grand time. Are there any songs that stick in your memory? Oh, the ones that everybody, we got to get out of this place. Oh, Doug Bradley would like that you said that. Yeah, that's mine. (laughs) In this sturdy old part of the city Where the sun refused to shine People tell me there ain't no use in trying Now my girl, you're so young and pretty does funny things to your brain and you have to just kind of walk it through and go and not to lose your, your humility and and that's what I think we've lost a lot of it is we've lost morals thank you this has been a lovely interview Susan <laughs> thank you so much well it was really fun doing continued to work as a nurse for the military. Her career spanned 23 years, two continents, and a variety of specialties ranging from female surgery to the newborn nursery to the operating room. She finally landed in Kansas where she worked as a prison nurse at Lansing Correctional Facility and closed out her career as an RN at St. John Hospital in Leavenworth. The retired lieutenant colonel has a new army to command, nine grandchildren. on Archiver, retired First Lieutenant Lou Eisenbrandt recalls memories of water skiing with sharks, a bunker shared with rats, and patients whose names might be on the Vietnam Memorial. That's a frustration for me when I visit Washington, D.C., and I've been there many times. 
to walk the wall and wonder how many of those names were a body that came through my emergency room. Archiver is produced by Sam Zeff in conjunction with Do Good Productions, where Nancy Seelan is executive producer, and with Matt Hodap at Fountain City Frequency. Archiver, Kansas Vets Remember Vietnam, is made possible by a grant from the Kansas Humanities Council. I'm Katie Stover, and I'll see you on the next Archiver. <laughs>